Welcome to Leading to Sales and happy Monday here for the Monday edition. Uh, my name is Brett Williams. I am your host. And today it is an absolute honor to uh, have a very special guest today. His name is Joe Soto. Joe is actually a personal mentor of mine, but you don't care about that. What you care about is Joe's background. So Joe is, in my opinion, the marketing brain of all marketing brains. Um, he start, When he started his company, Revenue Inbound, he started it in 2010, and he has worked with people such as Pearson Education, Oral-B, Ty Lopez, Jeffrey Gittimer, Harvey McKay, and you know many, many other of the, of the very well-known names that he has helped with their online presence and with their online marketing. And hey, you know, you know me, so he's helped me a lot. Um, he's been an enormous mentor of mine, and uh, I look forward to you getting a chance to meet him today and getting a chance to share some time with him. So with that, I'll be right back right after this with Joe. Welcome to the Leading to Sales podcast. Every week, we're bringing you leadership, sales, and marketing strategies to help you move your business forward. Here's our host, internationally known sales and marketing leader, Brett Williams. Hey, Joe, welcome to the show, man. Hey, thanks for having me, Brett. Well, that's an awesome intro, by the way. Hey, you know, I, I like it. It'll get you a little bit pumped up if you're if you're having a little bit of the Mondays. <laughs> right. That's right. Happy Monday. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, um, Joe, I mean, just before we get rolling, I could sit here, honest to goodness, and just and talk a long time about our relationship and how we met. But most of the people here don't care about that. Um, but I, so I would love just really quickly for you to do a quick intro yourself and tell a little bit about about your background. I will, but I wouldn't sell yourself short. I think with um, whoever's listening or watching this can take note that Brett's somebody who executes on on uh, on his coaching, on the mentorship. I mean, it's it's one thing to be able to offer somebody um, some guidance, and it's another thing to watch that person take it and really blossom from it. And that's what you've done. And and uh, this show is an example of that. And the value you're adding in the marketplace is tremendous. So. I'm it's my I'm I'm humbled to be here and I'm excited to uh to share with the audience. So a little background, you want a origin yeah. story here? Origin story. Origin story. <laughs> so uh I won't go all the way back, but I'll go back to uh, you know prior to 2009, I had a uh 10-year-old uh sales and 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 sales training company, really a professional development company where I would do not just sales, but primarily sales was my focus, sales training. And I kind of had to reinvent myself come 2008, 2009. I mean, back then we were also going through it, not quite as severe of a crisis, but we were <laughs> still going through an economic crisis and that hit in 2008 going into 2009. A lot of people were kind of doing what they're doing now, reinventing themselves, reinventing their businesses. And for me, I made a, a, a pivotal shift in how I was going to serve clients. And, and when the expense of bringing in outside sales trainers or outside uh, management training, which I was also doing, kind of slowed down, I had a, a client who I was helping with something different. I was helping them with online uh, copywriting. And I was writing the sales copy for their marketing uh, sites, for their websites. And this client says to me, Joe, I would love for you to also help us with this whole social media stuff. And this is 2009. And I said, uh, of course. And he says, can you help us with like Facebook and LinkedIn and YouTube? And and at the time it was like MySpace <laughs> uh, and Twitter. 
there was no Instagram back then and throwback. I said, certainly. And he says, you know, in fact, Joel, if, if we, uh, if we, if you, we could even put you on retainer and you could just manage this for this, for us, manage this for us every month. I said, I'm, I'm in. And that birthed a social media marketing agency that grew to seven figures in its first year. We had clients our first year in over 30 us states and we we were growing very quickly in the marketplace because this you know this emergence of social media marketing was taking place that evolved into a more inbound marketing agency and we were helping all sorts of clients you mentioned some of them in the introduction and you know it's it's interesting to see how it's evolved since but um, after doing that for about 6 years you know Ty Lopez had reached out to me asked me to uh, kind of lead the charge with his social media marketing agency course and program that he was releasing into the marketplace to educate and teach solopreneurs or wannabe solopreneurs how to start their own social media marketing agency, kind of like I did, a boutique agency, and be able to service and add value to clients out there in the market in the same way I did. Could you teach what you've done, Joe, is what he asked. And I said, I certainly can. I flew in, did that. That turned into like a $40 million dollars million dollar program uh, <laughs> in terms of sales. It really blew up and people started coming to me saying, Joe, I think you should also, you know, do some of these programs for yourself. That birthed now Marketing Agency Academy and my marketing agency owner.com uh, uh, brand, which educates and uh, educates and serves marketing agency owners, digital marketing consultants and strategists around the world today. So there yeah. we go. That's awesome. That's and I, you know, I think one of the things that I've always thoroughly enjoyed about you know being able to have a relationship with you and and learn from you is that you're always pushing for the edge. You're always pushing for like the cutting edge of the way things are rolling and and seeing you really. It's almost like you can see around corners sometimes. Like sometimes you'll say something. I'm like, dear God, how did I not see that? Um, but I mean, what have you? What do you think prepared you for that at the level that you're at when it comes to just leading that charge in marketing? That's a great question, Brett. Uh, I think two things. Number one is um, this thirst and hunger for self-knowledge. And so, yeah, I have a degree in psychology and minors in sociology and business. That didn't really, none of that really did a lot for me, but it did set the stage for me wanting to learn more about how to deal and work with people. And so first and foremost, we're all in the people business. And yeah. so I want to, you know, learn everything I can about people, how they make buying decisions, how they make decisions for anything in their life, how they're motivated. And all of that is the foundational stuff that applies to marketing. And I, I also, I think that by, you know, really immersing myself in, in reading and just learning uh, as much as I can, the second most important part, and a lot of people don't take this next step is the execution of it. Yeah. So I have a strong desire to apply what I'm learning and test out what I'm learning to see if it can work for me in my world. And if it doesn't, I'll quickly move on to something else, learning something else. Some people will just read and read and read, learn and learn and learn <laughs> and never apply anything that they're learning. And they don't feel like they've gotten any better or any, or, you know, they've gotten wiser, but they've, they haven't gotten better. And so right. for me, it's constant, never ending improvement. That was Tony Robbins famous line back when he came out with Awaken the Giant Within. And that stuck with me because yeah. I always want to be improving, but that means I'm applying what I'm learning. That's so good. And, that, you know, I think that in today's world, especially, you know, because of so many changes flying at us with whether you're talking about COVID and, and technology and everything else, 
it's becoming more and more important that we learn to adapt like that and that we get that skill of adaptability and being willing to be flexible and shift and test. I, I learned uh, years ago to that point, a, a mentor shared with me at a immersion training I was at and I was attending where I learned the principle that of requisite variety, which is just a fancy way of seeing the person with the most flexibility can win and having requisite variety in your behavior. So if what you're doing isn't working, do something else is what you're saying, right? Having that adaptability. Yeah. Part of that adaptability is that willingness to be flexible, even if it means you completely reinvent yourself. Cause I'll yeah. never forget in 2010, our business, our official agency business had launched in the uh, spring of 2010. Well, by the summer, we were already all over the country. We were we were the, by far the fastest growing agency in our region of the woods there in the Midwest. But we had clients all across the country already. And we had a, a, a journalist come to us from, at the time, the Des Moines Register or the Des Moines, or the Des Moines uh, business record and write a story on us. And he says, um, you know, we want to feature you guys. Um, and so I'm here I am, I'm, I'm in the, and I'm in the paper, you know, a week later and my good friend, a friend of mine who I hadn't been in touch with a good friend, but because I was so busy launching my company that previous six to eight months, he comes over the house and we're sitting outside on, on, on my porch and he says, Joe, I'm, I'm really baffled. I said, what? He's like, you're the sales training guy. And you've been doing sales training and consulting for companies for the last 10 years, but I saw a newspaper article about you <laughs> being this social media expert or guy. And I said, yeah, that's what I am now. And he says, what do you mean? I said, I decided to reinvent myself and just, I literally turned on a dime. And that's, you know, an interesting understanding that you can, you can pivot and be, and, and, and be who you want to be as long as it's congruent, right. With, with what you're setting for goals and stuff. So for instance, when I decided I wanted to learn social media and help clients, because when I first client said I want to help with social media, I was like, oh my gosh, I, I barely, have, my Facebook account was only like six months old and I don't even know how to do this stuff myself. So what did I do? I went out and literally went to Barnes and Noble and bought a stack of books on LinkedIn, blogging, Facebook, everything that was ever, that was written, Twitter power by Joel Kahn. I, I, I remember in, this, in the stack, and I went home. I got these on my shelves still today. I remember going home. My wife's like, what are you doing? I said, I have to become a social media expert. She said, what do you mean? I said, <laughs> I have, I are, these are something that my clients will want or that other businesses are going to need. And it's up to me to get the expertise needed so I can help them move their needle in their business. And I was obsessed with those, you know, that carrying those type of results for clients. But guess who it had to start with? With me. But I had to be willing to accept that complete shift in, in uh, personal brand, uh, in personal identity. This is why I tell people, don't get too caught up in who you, th you, who you think you are as it relates to what you do for work, because that can change anytime that you oh, want. Man. Yeah, that's, that's money. And so because of those changes, I mean, and, and like I said, I think you're, in my opinion, your ability to think around those corners is just second to none. Um, we're now in this world now, and, and a lot of our listeners are are leaders in the marketing or marketing world, um, specifically, you know, larger B2B marketing, yeah. or they're more in that entrepreneurial mindset, but they're selling B2B. They're selling themselves or their companies into B2B. What are you seeing right now? Or maybe even let's just start with some of the the fundamentals, because some people are even just still trying to build some of those fundamentals out. What are some of the fundamentals you're seeing 
that can help people adapt to this new world? Well, I mean, that's a long conversation, but I, I'll, <laughs> let me let me frame it like this, because if somebody's watching this, typically what when someone's trying to learn more about digital marketing or or um, how do I anticipate, you know, see around the corners, um, while some of that's based on experience, the rest of it's based on that's the world I live and breathe. Like any company is in their world, living and breathing something, my ability to, I, I owe it to my clients to be on that cutting edge, right? right. So to me, it's an obligation to be able to see around those corners, to, to be able to fulfill for my clients. Yeah. But what you're really asking is, you know, how, how do we simplify this for, for a client to understand the fundamentals of what they can do to embrace digital marketing and grow? And so I, I tend to put it all under three different umbrellas that people need to get great at, right? In business, it doesn't right. matter what your business is, there's really three pieces of it that if you get great at these three pieces, your business can be a success. Now, underneath these three pieces is a lot of layers, but the first one is I have to uh, attract clients to my business. I have to get business. I have to, business development. I have to sell. I have to get clients, right? And I have to attract them. And that's mainly that traffic part. How do I get, how do I earn the attention of my ideal client? How do I pay for that attention to get my ideal client? That might be through paid traffic methods. Yep. That might be through paying for a, a salespeople to be assertive and go out in the marketplace and bring people back to your business. There's that side. How do I get the customer? And then number, the second piece is how do I, how do I then convert them? Once I I've got their attention, once I've got them into my world, once I've got them down my path, once they're kind of in my customer journey, how do I convert them into a paying customer into somebody who would be with me potentially long-term or buy or embrace what it is I offer and sell. And then lastly, the third piece is, how do I retain them? How do I keep them? How do I get them to not just stay with me long-term and but potentially even spread the word, help refer people business to me? That's where your referral systems come into place, but it's all part of that retention strategy. Yeah. And a lot of people, a lot of people are like, well, I can't, I may not be able to help you with retention, but I can help you with the traffic and conversion piece. Other people are very good at helping with the conversion piece only or just with the traffic piece. We we um help with two of those, two or three of those. You help with two or three of those. Yep. So um, I want people just somebody just to think of it that simple, like you know, on a napkin, you could draw it out. I got three circles and these are the three circles I have to get great at. Now, underneath all that are different things. So I actually find a few different things people fall short on that they, if they just focus on one at a time, they'll improve their marketing. And so yep. one is, who is it you're targeting, right? Really understanding your ideal client, really understanding that avatar. So you can really hone in on your targeting online. And then number two, What's the messaging I need to put out there? How do I make this message resonate with that ideal client, that yeah. person I'm trying to target? Thirdly, um, now that I know my messaging, how am I going to go after? How am I going to get them? Right. So, what's my, my what's my uh, my media? What's my traffic system? What's my method of getting those clients? Is it is it having a salesperson who delivers that messaging out to the marketplace and calls on businesses, meets with business owners? Is it a is it a, uh, is it an email? Is it paying for Facebook or YouTube or LinkedIn ads? And so my messaging and my targets figured out, most people start backwards. They go, wow, I need new traffic. Let's start with traffic. I'm like, wait a minute, you don't even know what your message is and you don't know who your market is. <laughs> Let's figure out your market, figure out your message. Now we figured out your traffic system. Then you can go, okay, now, now that we've got traffic, how do we make sure they convert? Like if we drive all this traffic to our website, how do we make sure they come on they come into our world and they actually inquire or they actually fill out a lead form or they actually want to learn more about us 
that's where conversion fits in. And so a conversion system is a lot more complicated than people think. It might be, how do you follow up with people who visited your website with retargeting ads, with email follow-up and so forth. But you got to figure that piece out. And so you learn how to isolate these different pieces of your business to say, once I pinpoint what's not the most effective piece of my business, I now know what I should work on, right? So some people go, well, no, Joe, we know our audience. And I go, great. They go, and we've got our messaging down, but our trap, we're not getting enough traffic. Or they go, I'm getting my traffic and I got my messaging and I got my, my, my audience, but they're just not converting. Our, we're losing too many people when they come to our website. We're losing too many people out of our funnel. We're not having enough people inquire. Well, then let's work on conversion. Yeah. Or they say, well, we're getting them converted. They're kind of coming into our world, but our follow-up is falling short. And so we need more follow-up mechanisms. We need retargeting ads. We need, uh, you know, to retarget people on YouTube. We need it. We need them when they visit our website to see our ad on YouTube, to see our ad on Facebook, to see our ad on LinkedIn, to see our ad. And we need to see, we need to be able to email follow-up because that's the asset that you own, right? Is, and that might be the other thing where I ask people, where, you know, talk to me about the ass, your assets that you do own, which is your telephone numbers of your potential clients, not just your existing clients and the emails of your potential clients, not just your existing clients. That becomes an asset that you can market to, follow up with, educate, and bring into your world and ultimately convert because different people are convinced uh, differently. And some are not convinced right away with one message and one conversion system. They need more follow-up. But being able to break it into those pieces helps people go, okay, I can get a handle on this now. The, otherwise, it's overwhelm. What do I work yeah. on all these pieces? Now, some people some people <laughs> might watch this and go, Oh my God, I need help with all that. Like, like, I don't think we really have our audience nailed. We know who our customer is. We don't have it nailed on identifying them online. Yeah. Or I think we have our message right, but we haven't tested that message in our online marketing. Or I, I think we have, we, have, we have a couple of good traffic sources and now it's time to open the floodgates to more traffic sources. Or we go, well, I've got the traffic sources, but we just need to figure out more ways to convert that traffic. So all this, all what I'm doing is trying to help people break it into pieces to go, let's just work on, you know, one manageable piece at a time versus, you know, and that's the fundamentals of it. Yeah. Um, the complexity comes into, there's so many layers in those pieces that you can also get overwhelmed with that. So just start with one thing, get better at that and keep improving along the way. I love that. And I, I you know, you, you and I both had multiple conversations about the power of and I don't even know if this is a word. If it's if it's not, I need to like trademark it. Um, of systematizing, if you will, the the marketing process. And it's you know so many people. And I love this when you've got what I would call a traditional someone who comes from a traditional marketing background. I can't tell you how many times I've heard. Well, you know, marketing is more of an art than it is a science. And I want to grab those people and shake them and be like, No, no, it's a science. There's <laughs> there's a science to this. And so. I love the idea of systematizing it. So, you know, when you're seeing, you know, in today's world across the digital landscape, um, you know, where are you seeing, you, you, you just laid out kind of the, the three step, you know, if you will, the three steps to every online business that they all need. Where are you seeing the biggest gaps right now? Like what are the areas that, that people should probably even have their antenna up if they're just in the very beginnings of looking at this? Yeah, I think it's in what you were just, you were just hinting at, which is not really hinting, but explaining, which is the system systematizing your business. So um, no matter what type of business you are, there are elements of it that you could automate and still come across and personalize, customize and personalize that automation um, 
to bring more leads into your business, to bring more customers into your business, to complement or supplement your sales team or sales force, or to add to their efforts, right? Uh, and most people aren't doing that. And they want to. They want yeah. to. They see, they hear the term evergreen marketing and evergreen system, which is a system that, you know, that markets for you on autopilot. And that's, you know, not the simplest thing to set up, but everybody can do it. And it, it like you said, that is, there is a science to that. Um, and it's, and it's proven, you know, yeah. there's lots of different, but there's lots of different routes you can go down. It's all different types of sales and marketing funnels you could deploy for your business. In other words, there's other, there's all types of systems that you could deploy for your business. You have to pick the one that you think would be most favorable in your business and industry that would appeal to your prospective customers and your customer base the most. And then you, you apply it accordingly, but most people aren't willing to build that or they're not willing to, to take that leap. And yeah. it's because they're scared of, of the, 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 the piece that is, doesn't even exist in that, which is if I build it, will they come, which is the traffic piece that people get scared. Of. I don't, it's like, it's like Kevin Costner, right? And he went in, well, <laughs> the name of his characters escaped me in the movie, Phil of dreams, but yeah, he had to have faith that if he builds it, they will come now. He was fortunate because the traffic was kind of just kind of literally fell out of the sky for him. Right. <laughs> in the real world business, it doesn't just fall out of the sky, but you can build it and they will come. But that's the next part of the strategy is a deliberate and intentional effort to drive traffic to your business. Yeah, right? exactly. And so you can't just have hope marketing. Well, if I build a really nice sales and marketing website, they'll they'll come. Or if I build a really nice sales and marketing funnel, they'll fall out of the sky. Or people will just, you know, naturally want to do business with me because of how awesome I look online. It doesn't work like that. You got to put forth a plan. And Anna uh, said, uh, plan the work and work the plan. That's exactly right. That you can test it first. Some people spend a lot of money. They dump a lot of money into their marketing. Yeah. And I call it lighting their ad budgets on fire. They just light <laughs> their money on fire and pray that something works. But if you take a methodical approach to this, you take a scientific approach to it, if you if you work the numbers in your favor by testing first, I mean, we just did this. We just, we had a campaign. We were just, we're testing right now an ad campaign. And I had an ad image that I knew could convert, but it was like really strange and out of the ordinary. I won't get into details here, but it was definitely different and strange. <laughs> and person on my team said, there's no way that's going to work. I said, no, try it. Just trust me, try this. And we're just testing right now. But once we get it dialed in, sure enough, it was, by the way, a day later, it was the highest performing ad. <laughs> but I said, when, when we, once we have it, what I call dialed in now, and so this is for all businesses, once you've got, you've got it dialed in, then you can put the, your, your, your foot down on the pedal more. You can yeah. throw more gas on the fire. So I see that being a, a big gap. People don't know how to systemize their business. And they don't know how to how to uh, responsibly dr drive traffic to that automated system. So there, I could have just said that instead of going into all that. No, I love it. I love <laughs> this is good. Um, so the two pieces I want to I want to highlight because the one one thing I know that I think every marketer at some point has heard this, um, or really every entrepreneur, you've heard that person that says you know, oh, well, I built this website using this, you know, this template or this, this way. And all of a sudden I had leads falling out of heaven and, and, you know, my business quadrupled in 30 days. But I think what's often 
not mentioned during that is the work that they did leading up to that to start to generate the traffic. And it's like you're saying, you know, it's not it's not a billboard that you're putting on the side of an interstate that 100 million people are driving by every day. It's a situation where it, you've got to actually direct the traffic in that direction. And so I like to look at it as you almost have to have the the traffic traffic conversion or retention at every step of your buyer journey. But even about that, you have to look at each of them as independent systems, just like what you just said. Correct. Um, and I think one of the, the biggest misses and me being the data nerd numbers nerd that I am, one of the biggest misses I think so many of us have is that we want results so quickly in the, in this microwave culture. And I hate to even use that because it's just, it's, it's so cliche, but in this microwave culture, we want results so quickly that we think the first ad, the first round of SEO, the first blog post that we post is going to be what's going to drive this enormous amount of traffic. And then all of a sudden, all these sales are going to fall and we, we lose. And you know, this is one of my favorite phrases in, in all of marketing. We lose the mindset of split testing yeah. and just test it and find out what's going to work. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, what, what are you seeing that, you know, in the split testing realm, to me, it's split test everything. Um, but I would love to get your take on this as, as how we can make that process more scientific. Well, first of all, we can make it more, we can make it simple. Um, most people, when they hear split testing, they start to get a little like, oh my gosh, now they're going to go into marketing speak. <laughs> all, all split testing is, is putting out different types of marketing messages against each other and see which one performs better, different images to see which one pulls better for the ad. Yep. Um, one thing that uh, I, I challenge people to do when they look at their marketing is, is really look at where the breakdown's happening. Because I'll get people say, our ads aren't working. And they'll say, how do you know? And they say, well, because we're not making any money from our ads. And then I find out their ads are working great, driving a ton of traffic to their landing page, but their landing page is terrible, not set up for conversion. So their ad is converting, but their landing page is terrible and not, is not converting. But they chalked yeah. it up to the ads don't work. So they, I see people throwing away testing that shouldn't have been thrown away or wasted, number one. Yeah. but. Here's why I tell people, most people do split testing and they'll go, they'll split test two different ads entirely. It's like <laughs> ad number one has this copy, copy A, picture A, and CTA A. And then ad number two has copy B, C, you know, image B and, CT, and CTA B. I'm like, wait, those are totally two different ads. What are you testing? In other words, if you're going to do split testing, test just the copy or test just the image yeah. or test just the call to action first. Yeah. And so you, and that takes time. <laughs> Wait a minute. Like we, we ran an ad uh, set yesterday and we we're just testing images, yeah. same copy on all the ads. Let's just test images. And then let's also test different audiences, but that's an entirely different ad set. Right. And so you have different metrics than that you're looking at. Now that, that's where it turns into more of a science because yeah. with an ad, you can test audience sets, especially like in Facebook or YouTube or LinkedIn, test different audience sets, different copy, different images, different call to actions. And oh, by the way, different landing pages altogether. So there's five different elements to be yeah. testing, which gives you a lot more than just five test ads, right? It's exactly. five different elements to run tests against, which could result in 30, 40 ads running until you dial in the one that works. But when you do, that's the one that can create that engine, the one that everyone wishes for. 
Can I, yeah. can I have a can I have a machine that just turns a dollar into two dollars all day long? Exactly. It's work. And people have to be willing to do it. And I think because of some of the stories that we see, and and honestly, you know, it's it's to the benefit of a lot of these platforms to highlight these stories of, you know, well, the first time I turned on Facebook ads, I spent a hundred dollars and made a thousand and it's been running great ever since. Like they they highlight these stories. And so often when we don't think about it from that process based, that scientific based of, okay, this is going to take some, okay, well that didn't work. Let me try something else mentality. Um, I I can't, like I said, I I can't stand when I get on the phone with somebody and they're like, ah, my ads didn't work. I tried, I tried ads on that platform. They didn't work. I'm like, "Mm, you probably just didn't work the ads, but you can't say that. (laughs) I do. I do. (laughs) I'll, I'll say, listen, is there even a 1% chance you didn't run them in the most optimal way that could bring you success? Did you try everything? And they go, no. I'll say, okay, is it worth having a ad private investigator take a look at what you're doing to maybe pinpoint where some things could go wrong? Yeah. They'll always open that, up, that door up. But yeah. you're right. People generalize and they give up too soon. And you know, this is this is the time right now to figure out digital marketing as if your life depends on it, in my opinion. It's so true. Uh, Your business life does in one way or the other. Now, not all platforms are right for all businesses or, and nor do you need to, I I actually don't subscribe to this omnipresence approach. For personal brands, I think it can really favor them. And so the marketers who teach omnipresence and multi-channel approach, it, 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 it sounds nice to businesses of all types. Like, yeah, we want to be everywhere. I mean, even on the stream yard, we're probably on Facebook and LinkedIn and YouTube, right? Absolutely. So we're, we have an omni we have an omni channel approach, which is the right marketing strategy for a show like what Brett has here. But for a business, what happens when you try to be on all the different channels? Not for, take the show part out of it, right? When you try to market on multiple channels, it's like you know, it's the whole jack of all trades, master of none none syndrome. People end up not doing that well on any one single platform versus what if you just honed in and got really good at LinkedIn marketing yep. and you just became the best at that com- and compared to your competition and you rule that platform. And once you're ruling and mastering that platform, what would what, then maybe move to YouTube. Yeah. Let's just out any competitor on YouTube. Because if you're trying to be everywhere kind of all at once and that's your business development strategy, so is everybody else. <laughs> no one's doing one of them really great. They're all some of them might be doing all of them pretty good. No one's doing one of them just really great yeah. because that takes concentrated effort. And so I actually, when I'm working with clients, I'll tell them, let's let's I just did this. We had an organic strategy for one of our clients, and I had a mind map for the organic strategy. And the client was like, Oh my gosh, I like to listen, there's a million things we could do. Look at all the stuff we could do. By the end of this, we're going to figure out what are the two things we can do where we're taking pressure off one and you're focused on the other. So we're just mastering primarily one area. And this yeah. particular client was writing articles and can, can generate the articles and then we could focus on the other channel for them. And that gave him a lot of feeling of relief. Like, you mean we don't have to be awesome and all these? No, and it would be nice to. And over time, you might be able to. Exactly. But right now, trying to be, which one are you best at? Like, oh, I don't know. I guess we're kind of best at this one. Like, you're best at none. Yeah. Because you're not comparing it. To, if you compare it to your best competitor, who you, who you, what are your, where are you better at? 
So where do you want to dominate first? Start there and work your way up to the omnipresence approach. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Justin, <laughs> Justin's asking a really <laughs> important question right now because this is being recorded and broadcasted live in the middle of the NCAA tournament. It is. Iowa, who's my team, Justin knows this, who's from Nebraska in the Midwest, is Iowa going to make it to the Final Four? If Luca Garza keeps shooting three points like he does almost with his eyes closed, I think we can make it. <laughs> there you go, Justin. That's, Justin. Yep, that's your one question. No, I, I love this question for Justin because he says, how how are YouTube ads converting these days? And, and you know, Justin has known me long enough that he's going to love this answer. We're testing it. And you've got to test it for your stuff because it's going to, you know, if you're trying to sell a million dollar product, it may convert differently than a $10 product. And <laughs> so. yeah, so, so there's different, this is how you also weigh where you should play. Um, our, our uh, focus right now is also YouTube ads because we've done so well with Facebook that now we're moving into being able to offer YouTube for clients, but for clients for years, they would say, can you help us with you know, LinkedIn or help us with Instagram. And we say, no, we're, our, we're, our mastery is in Facebook. Our mastery is now yeah. shifting and expanding because we earned it, right? Yeah. Um, but I think YouTube is a, is, a, is a major play right now. I mean, personally, I have a, uh, a, a small you know, following on YouTube, of like 7,000 subscribers and growing. And uh, personally, for my personal brand, haven't experimented with advertising yet because we're working on doing it for a couple of our clients. But I think it's where people need to be spending a lot of time on and paying attention to. And I think it is, it is right now a big gap that people can seize the day in. Yeah, totally agree. And that's, it's, you know, there people all like to compare it to things, but it's just, it's one of the ad platforms that is in its infancy. Um, yeah. That's like LinkedIn right now is in its infancy. And, yeah. and the more, what I'll call the more mature platforms are the ones that we're starting to see because of the supply and demand. We're starting to see that price, start to creep up and we're starting to see the cost of, you know, acquisition go up there. Right. Um, one thing I wanted to specifically hit on, because again, you're one of the best people I know of when it comes to this mindset and it's, it's, we're more focusing on the, tr on the traffic side when we're thinking about this, I guess, traffic and conversion, but, but more on the traffic side is a value first mindset in your marketing strategy. Um, and like I said, you have, to me, you have championed this approach both in your own marketing as well as what you help people do and how you just how you teach. Um, so it's a buzzword that's being thrown around a lot. But what when when we talk about value first mindset, what does that look like from you know a strategic and even a tactical execution side? Yeah. So from a conceptual strategic side, it's just simply how do you give value into the marketplace? in a way that earns the attention of your ideal clients. Okay. Yep. How do you, so that's, and, and, and with the intention of if I give value and my ideal client doesn't fall the tree the next day, it's okay. I'm going to keep adding value and giving first. It's this, it's the servitude mindset. It's the trusted advisor mindset. It's, it's the self-responsibility mindset as well, which is, I'm in charge of, of giving this value first so my client can see or my client prospect. And this is for anyone who's in professional development, sales, B2B sales, personal branding. If you give value first and you showcase your competency 
through educating or entertaining or adding value into the market, into their lives, and specifically into the person that you're trying to attract live, then they'll come to you. A lot, you know, it's a little, it's a longer strategy and it's the, it's the most, most worthwhile one. So the days of just cold calling, you know, business owners, it's changed a lot, right? Even now people say, Joe, can cold calling still work for salespeople? And my answer is of course, but now you have more opportunity than ever to warm people up. Exactly. You can, you, it's, it's a lot easier to add value into people's lives because you could go live on a streaming show like this and do it that way. You could, um, start an email newsletter and do it that way. You could go live on just Facebook and educate and like edutain, right? They call it edutainment, right. uh, edutain your audience and showcase your, your knowledge and, and, and what it is that you're offering that can help them. Not, I'm not saying framing your pitch and what you do to help. So someone goes, how can you help me with that? I'm talking about genuinely helping. So I'll yeah. give real advice just like I've done here that can help somebody I'll get, yeah. I'll get, um, you know, people on my shows and I'm like, I, I want them. I'll, I'll actually help have them dissect what I'm doing because I know it'll help add value to my audience. I did this once with Evan Carmichael, who was on my show, yeah. who, who, uh, talks about, you know, uh, YouTube and how to, how to, how to change, you know, clean up your YouTube. And you talk about YouTube secrets on my show. And so I said, would you mind tearing apart my YouTube channel? giving me critique and feedback, not just because that would help me because it would, but because it would help my whole audience and it gave yeah. value to everybody. They couldn't believe I was willing to be vulnerable and just let him tear apart my YouTube strategy. But I knew it was going to add tremendous value to everybody else who otherwise would have had to pay him thousands of dollars in consulting to do that. Yeah. So the, you have to brainstorm, how can I add value to my audience in a way that naturally motivates them to say, I want to go with you. I want Joe or I want Brett or, you know, they want you to help them. Yeah. And that's where it starts. And so it is a mindset. It's a servant. It's a servant attitude. And, and it's an, us also it's, there's, there's, there's always going to be somebody who wants additional help, who wants, you know, a next level of help from you. So just give away your best stuff. It's okay. Now, if you're in a B2B company that has selling software, you go, well, how do I do that? Well, in that case, there's other angles you could come at people with that could still add value to them in their life. Yeah. That might be centered around their workplace or what they do in their work that's complementary to what you sell, but not exactly related to what you sell, right? Yeah. So it's, like, it's, it's supplemental. And so add value that way, right? And that's, that's what I encourage people to do. And if you do enough of that, this, this is part of that content marketing strategy. Most people aren't willing to do the work to make sales easy. That's Jeffrey Gittimer's famous line. Most yeah. people won't do the work to make sales easy. This is an example of that. Yeah. It's that it's building your, your, both your corporate brand and your personal brand's authority. And you know, it's that it's, I love it. And that's, I love, you know, of course this is the smartest lady I know. Um, and it's Anna coming in here saying, John Maxwell said that, you know, we should perceive our mistakes, not as failures, but as feedback. And I love that because yes, that's, that's a mindset that I have learned from you um, more than anything of if I'm getting, if I'm not getting feedback, then I exist in an echo chamber and I'm probably not moving forward. But if I'm willing to just take that feedback, internalize it, and then take action on it, then the sky's the limit because there's no, there's no way that doing that consistently doesn't lead to growth. 
That's it. So I love that. Um, the one platform we have not talked about here, <laughs> the clubhouse wizard popping in. I mean, this is this is kind of the newbie on the block. Um, so before we start to kind of close out, I've spent a little bit of time here. I know you've spent just a little bit of time here, but Clubhouse is one of those. It's the new platform on the block. There's a lot of people that love it. Justin is obviously um, a huge presence there on Clubhouse. What do you see? What do you think? <laughs> I think that people have to open their eyes to, and embrace um, new technologies like this at least enough to see whether or not it can serve them in their business. In other words, don't turn your nose to something new like Clubhouse too soon, too early, too quick before you actually ever go in and test the water. It's like saying, I'm not going to jump in that lake. It looks cold. <laughs> I'm going to avoid it. How do you know? Jump in first or at least just go in the shallow end. You might end up liking it. So for me, it, it follows that whole omnipresence issue I have, which I have to be careful where I'm spending my time However, with Justin, he decided I'm going to go on in Clubhouse and I'm going to immerse myself there. I'm going to drive my business strategy into Clubhouse and, and add value, which he does, and earn the attention of people that are there by me adding value first. And I'll attract them into my world and I can build a business around that. Okay. So, and, and uh, so my, I've been in Clubhouse a little, but the yeah. little I've been there, okay. I've already, one of my clients, one of my newer clients came from Clubhouse and it was actually somebody who I had connected with about a decade ago at a, a retreat on Coronado Island. Haven't seen him since. Wow. We connected really well. His, he was there with his wife. I was there with my wife and it was kind of a personal development retreat about a, 10 years ago that we were at. And he messaged me on Instagram and said, I saw you on Clubhouse. We should reconnect. That turned into, we should work together. Yeah. And we did. And we are. And so Clubhouse can be that for you. I think if I spent more time on there, could I get more business on there? Yes. But right now it's like one thing at a time. I got to stay focused. Yeah. And you can lose focus real fast in Clubhouse because it could, it's, it could be a rabbit hole. But I would <laughs> encourage people to figure it out and find out first. Make it part of your 20, 2021 uh, plan yeah. to spend some time in it, get to know it, dedicate somebody on your team to it. Um. And is asking about TikTok too. Yeah. So uh, TikTok's, TikTok's amazing. Um, we have a, a gentleman in our mastermind who who shifted into TikTok and he's now, I think, over well over 20,000 followers on TikTok listening to his coaching uh, advice on a daily basis. Um, I think that the audience is getting older in TikTok. Right. So there's still younger you know, people in it. But the the uh, 14 year olds, the 16 year olds of yesterday when TikTok first came out are now getting out of school, getting out of college. You know, it's it's starting to it's starting to get a little older. It's not quite as old as how Instagram's gotten older and even Snapchat. Yeah. Those audiences are getting older. And uh, depending on what you sell and and market the and, and also it's doing what happened with Facebook. Facebook went through this really interesting evolutionary period where at first it was all young people. Then it was, you know, college. Right. And yeah. then it grew and it was like people in their thirties. And now it's like, well, all the, all the people that were on it when they were in their thirties are now in their late forties or fifties. So now, you know, the Facebook age group has gotten older, right? Yeah. 
these younger platforms, especially ones that appeal to younger people like TikTok and Snapchat, um, they kind of they're they're not saturated, but they're saturating with younger people. So now the older people are starting to come onto it too and embrace it and take a look at it. So yeah, I think it's a viable platform. But again, if I sit here and say I'm gonna put TikTok out in front of you and YouTube and LinkedIn and Facebook and Instagram and Snapchat and Clubhouse, you're gonna get super overwhelmed. And the yep. chances are if you spend time in all those, you won't do great in any of those. So I just encourage people to pick one or two, get to mastery, then move to the next. Yeah, that's so true. And that's it's the power of focus. I mean, that's really what it is, is it's you you put that multiplier effect into into count. So I mean, as we're starting to close out, I know that you have actually put you actually have a specific training for those who are in that or the earlier stages and are wanting to really start to bolster their traffic and, and look at opportunities for engagement. Um, and you've shared that. So it's go ahead and tell us a little, little bit about it. If you're tuning in later on in the podcast, I'll make sure to put the link into the show notes. And obviously I'll put this into the comments across the various platforms, but it's digitalattractionhacks.com. And Joe has offered this to anybody who's tuning in for it's completely free. And it's like an, I looked at it. It's, it's over an hour and a half long training. I sat in this training originally when it first aired. So tell us a little bit about it. So this training was originally aired to a private group um, who had exclusive access to it. I've now opened it up. I, I actually added a new workbook to it. And that workbook gives you over, over 20 online resources to help you earn the attention of your ideal clients, right? How to capture and earn the attention of your ideal clients is the subtitle of this, probably should be the title of it. Um, but these are digital marketing strategies that you can use to attract your clients. Now, if you're in sales for a company, this will be wicked good for you. You'll really love this. If you are a consultant or a business coach who wants to improve your personal branding and attract ideal clients, this is gonna be perfect for you. If you're a business who says, I need my business development team to learn how to attract our ideal clients online, put them through this training. So it's a little over an hour training like uh, Brett's suggesting. It's a video training. I go through all the different resources and strategies on that presentation and I give you a workbook. So uh, it is free and it's just my way of being able to add a lot of value for something that I probably could charge for. And then um, You'll be in my world. And if I send you, you know, educational content or things that can help you in the future, great. If you don't want to be part of that, you can always opt out. Yep. So again, it's digitalattractionhacks.com. Make sure you go and check that out because I am telling you um, it is well worth the price of free and it's actually well worth <laughs> probably well in excess. I mean, I would easily pay over a thousand dollars plus, plus, plus for this training. Um, no question about it. And I think Thank you, Joe, for offering it to those who are tuning in and, and going from there. So any parting words of, of uh, encouragement or, or advice as we close it out here? You know, no, I think the theme of this kind of became focus, right? Get focused on a piece of your marketing, a piece of your online business, a piece of your strategy that you can improve upon and just start there. And you've got people like Brett in your corner who's doing this fantastic show, bringing on tr incredible guests, tremendous value. In fact, you're doing too many shows that I can keep up with, to be honest, Brett, but <laughs> there are very few things that catch my attention online that I want to spend any time on. And your show is one of them because of the quality of people you're bringing on here. So um, I'm just honored to be part of that. And thanks for having me. Thank you so much. If you'll hang out for just a second, Joe, I'll go ahead and close us out. Um, so again, 
guys, if you haven't already, go to digitalattractionhacks.com, register for that training. I'm telling you, it'll be the best time you have spent in quite some time when it comes to moving your business and your marketing forward. Um, thank you above and beyond anything else. Thank you for tuning in. I know you're taking time out of your days, out of your businesses to invest in yourself, to invest in the growth of your business. So thank you for tuning in. Now with that, we actually, I want to let you know of a couple of things that are coming up just so you've got them. There are actually just two things I'm going to let you know of. This is actually in direct opposition to what Joe would normally tell me to tell you, but two things that are coming up. So this Thursday, we are going live at 3.30 p.m. Eastern with Frank Figliuzzi. He is the former assistant director of counterintelligence for the FBI, and he is going to be coming on, um, and we're going to be dis discussing his new book, The FBI Way. But here is the one I want you to make sure you take away from this. Tomorrow, that is Tuesday, March 23rd, we are doing a special edition of Leading to Sales with none other than Mark Victor Hansen and Crystal Dwyer Hansen, his wife. They are going to be coming on specially tomorrow at 4 p.m. Eastern, and we are going to be discussing the power of ask. Now, you may know Mark Victor Hansen as the co-creator of the best-selling book series, The Chicken Soup for the Soul, and he and his wife have partnered together on this new book. So make sure tomorrow to share that out Make sure that you are tuning in because it's going to be a powerful, powerful episode, much like the one you just finished with. And with that, I am just here to, again, thank you for tuning in. I look forward to talking to you next time. And until then, I'm just here to remind you, either give value or don't even bother.